Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and hosting with me today, Juliet Lamar. Hello, everybody. Our guest in the studio has been plowing her way through the entertainment industry for quite some time after breaking into entertainment news as a production assistant for E! News Live, she went on to help launch one of the first live digital streaming platforms. She's cast 15 reality TV series, including those models from Deal or No Deal. She has anchored various live red carpet shows and television programs and some of the most watched events in the world. She then created her own branded lifestyle, pop culture blog, and creates her own content for several digital and social media platforms. Currently, she's embracing her newest endeavor, motherhood. Stuart Brazel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. You know, it's funny, Dr. Blinn, that when you said E like that, it reminded me the first day I was an intern, it was Joan Rivers Days. It's like six in the morning. I've just had a fight with like the photocopy machine, and she comes over to me. She's like, smile, you work at E. Then she's like... E stands for the E in cheap. And I was like, oh, yes, I'm working for free. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I love the exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's get started. Where Where are you from originally? How did you get started in, in this field? So Columbia, South Carolina Ooh. had that good old, like, thick southern accent from the Cackalack, as we say. And I started working, like, really young. Um, I was a professional ballerina, so I was pretty much dancing full-time, going to school in a very interesting schedule. The school system worked with me so that I could start working, like, touring on the weekends. How old are you at that point? 13. Wow. Yeah. So it was funny when I became, like— How old were you when you started dancing? I started dancing late. I didn't really start until I was about 10, which is late in ballet, but I'd been a gymnast before, so Uh, my body kind of took to it in certain ways. You guys are gymnast people. (laughs) But I still was like gymnast. I was like a jumper turner, but with ballet, you're supposed to have these long arms and legs. Meanwhile, it's... It's funny what you go through. Like, I think a lot of the things, because we met, obviously, because you're my chiropractor, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of problems that I have are probably stemmed from the things that I went through as a ballerina, like my ballet master sitting on my back to push my hips certain ways. I now Mm -hmm. have a labral tear in my hip. I mean, it's just the things that you go through. Mm. But it gives you really great discipline. Yeah. So I felt like I've I've been like a hard worker for as long as I can remember. Like I've always, when I commit to something, I would say sometimes I maybe could take a little bit more of some chill time. Like <laughs> get. A what little, is that? What is chill time? What is that? <laughs> it's always, and I've heard this from coaching experts and in business coaching, and also it's true in real life. They always say like, if you can hire athletes, mm-hmm. hire an athlete. They're so self-driven, motivated, determined. They get so, stuff done. So motivated. Yeah. Like yeah. when I wasn't dancing, I was renting every Mikhail Baryshnikov video I could and studying mm-hmm. dance all the time. Wow. And the other thing that kind of like, you know, because I didn't get to do a lot of fun stuff. I didn't get to do the activities. I didn't go to the parties. But I liked, there was like a little morning news program, you know, at my high school. I was like, oh, that'd be fun. So I did like a course And I really enjoyed it. And I had to make a decision, you know, do I want to continue down this path? I was training summers at the Houston Ballet, Washington, D.C. Ballet, or or do I want to get a college education? And that's a big thing because Mm. you're dancing years. You don't go to college. You can't do both. You can't do both. And ultimately, I ended up getting an injury when I was like, you know, 16, 17. And I'm going, okay, I already have like an Achilles tendon thing. I I think I'm going to want my education. And so I still danced. I danced for a long time. I danced in college, but I ended up All ballet? 
A lot of ballet, modern, jazz, some tap. Tap is really, if you're a ballerina, tap kind of works everything differently. And it's not intuitive. It's so hard. Yeah, it's kind mm. of like horseback riding. You're always pushing your foot. A di- you can't be a horseback rider and be a ballerina. It's like mm. just working yeah. your feet differently. I've tried. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I know. That's... The same with gymnastics. I remember like because we had to take dance to go with our gymnastics. It really helps with the floor routines. It helps with the floor routines, but the turns are all opposite. Uh, like yeah. we, turn, we turn in for gymnastics and uh-huh. for dance we turn out. Well, you can turn in. You yeah. do both for dance, but gymnastics, you only do one. Mm-hmm. And then everyone would have such a mind, like, ah, what am I doing to so, my body? <laughs> your body is. It's like, no, this is not what I know from muscle memory. Yeah. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. It We're is so similar. We're different, like driven to find out the best and do. So I'm, I'm like that too. But when I was that age, like 13, I remember trying to recreate the Dunkin' Donuts recipe. <laughs> And I would taste it and make a batch of donuts and I'd be like, no, it's not like, I think more sugar, less buttermilk, whatever. And I was, I was driven. I was determined to do it. That's amazing. And I never pulled my Achilles tendon. Safer route right there. It is. Do you think that's Vitamin something, D. do you think that's something that like we're born with or, be, and that those people become athletes or those people start businesses or it's something both. that it's, it's both. Mm-hmm. So you put I your kids in athletics. nature and nurture. Totally. Yeah. Because I see... Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah. I think the the environment that you grow up in, I see the like the parents, even with my kids, right? I see the parents that are very active themselves and they play tennis or they do gymnastics or they they run marathons, then they raise kids that do that also. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who are still trying to figure out what's in the Boston cream filling, <laughs> uh, their kids also love doing that. My my <laughs> I'm totally getting a donut after this. I know. I was like, this is great. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about donuts. Well, I'm not gonna go do ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to college. Yeah, so then I ended up going to you know, I'm from the South. I gotta be honest with you guys, people from the South don't really leave. Like mm-hmm. they don't leave the state, you know, I'm from Columbia, so the big move would be like to Charleston. And my mom and I, my mom is just she's an amazing woman. She really encouraged me to go, oh, well, what about, you know, going up to New York? And we loved our New York City trips together. So I looked at NYU. I looked at a couple schools. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm interested in broadcast journalism. I love dance. I love theater. And my guidance counselor kind of searched for what school would have all of these things. And I ended up going to Ithaca College in upstate New York, oh, wow. which was amazing and also freezing. Chilly. Yes. I had no, <laughs> I'd never cold. seen snow like that in my life. Like, oh. I remember I had ballet Monday, Wednesday, Friday at like eight in the morning. Oh. And, you know, if I wash my hair just walking, I would try to dry it as much. But look, we're in college. Like, you're running out the door. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, it would hurt to breathe. So because of that, it encouraged me to do 18 credit semesters. I did an internship out in L.A. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Flip-flops every day. (laughs) No jackets required. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. And so I was interning at E. And I got offered a job. So my second semester of, like, my senior year... I could have had, like, one class left, could have just gone to keg parties, done nothing. I'm like, no, I'm going to start working. <laughs> wow. And so I finished up school. I ended up having some courses at Cal State Fullerton and started working. I and went so, there. Yeah. So, and then Go I Titans. Did, yeah. It's a great college. Yeah. Especially so, for broadcast journalism. 100%. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, a five-hour-long advanced news production course on Mondays. And then the rest I was PAing. Running tapes, logging interviews, whatever any producer needed, I was doing it. And it was, I love that. Have you guys seen that movie, Broadcast News? No. Mm-mm. So it's like the best movie. Holly Hunter kind of really put her on the map. Um, but there's like a scene where 
Joan Kuzak is kind of playing like the news assistant and she's like running and she falls and you're like trying to make the tape go to air. I would really do that. Like one time <laughs> I ran out of my flip flops and a tape made air with like one second. Wow. And they kind of had, dun, there was like dun, this dun, element dun, dun, to dun. it that like live performing, right? Like ballet, there's just something about working and working and then you're out in front of a live audience and just the energy of people and something could go terribly wrong. And it could be great. And I've just always found that just addictive, you right? Like, like live wow. is the best. Anything could happen. And you can't take it back. You can't change it. So live news kind of gave me the best of those worlds, like getting to, like, you all have to put something on, you know. Those it, are the best, like, YouTube recap videos yep. of anchors mm-hmm. and people out in the field. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> I know. Because you make terrible mistakes. And there have been times where, you know, in news, you can have a very long teleprompter read. And sometimes the reads are so long, I'm zoned out. And I'm like, but I was still talking and in my mind. I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, my God, I'm at work. I'm like, oh, I was reading the whole time. I didn't mess up, but I just was completely disconnected. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? You've done that probably when you're driving, right? And you're like, yeah. how did I How'd end I get up? Here? Yeah. Yeah. So I did that with parenting. <laughs> <laughs> How's this, One, where's this 14 year old come from? You're like, what happened? Yeah. But yeah, so, and then I've been in LA. I kind of worked my way up through the ranks at E and was just kind of that person where if something happened, if a reporter was late or whatever, I would just say, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I think that that's how you get things done is yeah. just be willing to do whatever, the stuff that you don't want to do because all the things behind the camera, if your goal is to be on camera, you need to know everything that mm-hmm. goes on behind too many people just want to be on camera. You know, in a lot of ways, it's kind of good because now they can all just start YouTube channels and they don't really have to pretend to want to do other things and just be on camera. They just be on camera. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I totally agree with you, you know, as someone who likes being on camera, but also I really want to know how how I'm doing, how everything's working. And, you know, if I want to produce my own thing, I can. And it's it just is empowering to be able to know. You're not just like, what's happening? Okay, I'll say my words now. Like, (laughs) well, and I don't want to sound like. A hater, but there are a lot of people that come to L.A. and they're beautiful people Mm -hmm. and they take a weekend course to read a teleprompter. I'm like, I majored in journalism. (laughs) You just just learned how to read a teleprompter. And in L.A., that's what you get, you know, a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I know. I always wonder if my degree matters on my resume. I'm like, why is this even on here? (laughs) It is frustrating, right? Yeah. Well, then I laugh because when I went to college, there was no, like, Facebook just started. There was no social yeah. media journalism, mm-hmm. which is now huge. your major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There Everyone's were, there a journalist. Were, everyone is a journalist. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's exciting and it's fun. And then it's also completely scary and terrible because everyone has a microphone. And your following can be very powerful and it can. It's the only thing my kids understand. Really? Yeah, Dad, what's for dinner? I'll be like, well, I'm reporting from the kitchen. It looks like it's going to be meatballs and rice tonight. <laughs> you just, just got to Snapchat them. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah right? Snapchat is not my... Uh, anyway. <laughs> when I had my first chiropractic office, it was just me. I didn't have anybody else in the office with me. It was just me. I was the chiropractor. I was the massage therapist. I was the insurance biller. I was the receptionist checking people in and out. I cleaned the freaking toilets. I did everything. Mm-hmm. And I really got to know each of those different posts 
that as we grew and we could hire someone to do something and then two people, three people, I really understood like where their issues would come up and how to solve them. And so because I've, I've served all those posts, I can really, I think I'm in a better position to help the office run smoothly. So yeah. even you kind of did your own undercover boss. I did my own undercover <laughs> boss because it was just me. Was just, <laughs> yeah. Surprise. <laughs> I feel like that now because – you know, since I've become a mom and there are things that I didn't run back to my entertainment reporter job because, sadly, there's not that much money in journalism and I can make more doing social media and working directly with brands. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, do I want to run all over town to pay a nanny to break even mm-hmm. or what do I want to raise my child and, you know, get to be there and get to work with great brands? And I'd been doing everything and then now I know how to do it, but I can't raise my child and do all of the photos, all of the editing, all of the videos, all of this. And so I've been slowly hiring and it's kind of been where I'm like my own network in a yeah. sense, you know, and it's like I need support. I yeah. need staff because you burn out. You're your own production company. Everything. Yes. And reproduction like, company. Exactly. <laughs> all at the same time. Exactly. Now I get jealous and like those people that started the food blogs. I'm like, God, that's so great because they don't have to be in their content. Like mm-hmm. if I'm not in my content – it doesn't get as good of a response. I'm like, I just don't want to be in everything. But luckily now I have a baby. So I'm like, great... but you look cute today. <laughs> <laughs> you could sell anything. <laughs> if you want, I could give you a great donut recipe. I really I really perfected it. I'm down. I love cooking. So you could blog about that. You should start doing some like tasty style where you put your phone up and it's just your hands and you can do it on like time lapse. Oh, yeah, They're that. really cool. Oh. You might enjoy that. Taste great. Yeah, you should check that out. Note to self. Um, What about casting? How did you get into casting? So while I was at E, I kind of got approached. It was before everything was digital where people were like, what do you mean you can watch this on your computer? You know, and this was like 2006, 2007 before people had a career that was like, I'm a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like an MTV, but for the Internet. So... This guy launched it. He approached me to come on board. I was casting. I was on air four hours a day. I was developing all the shows. I was doing everything. Mm. And it was I was making terrible money, but creatively so fulfilled. Because yeah. we were getting to I was getting into pilot all kinds of things. Like, okay, let's do a hip hop mashup. And it was just really, really fun. And to be in my early twenties and getting to do that is Yes. Pretty awesome mm-hmm. to like run programming for a network. Great experience. And then we ended up getting bought out, which is, of course, his dream because mm-hmm. he launches something. It's great for him. But for me, it wasn't. And I just it was one of those where I'm like, I'd gotten a little promotion. And so I got like a new apartment and I'm like, yeah, moving <laughs> up. And then it's like, we're unemployed. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, moving down. Oh, moving down. down. Moving down. And someone that I had like a good old case of, I think people in Hollywood over network and pretend mm-hmm. to network when they just are Drinking that's coffee. a whole nother <laughs> yeah that's like a whole nother story but this was one of those things where I'd actually met someone who worked in reality TV casting and he was just like this really funny gay guy and just his sense of humor was so great and he was just like you're fabulous I'm gonna cast you on something and I was like it depends on what it is <laughs> like I'm not for everything and so we kept in touch and he had, like, I'd kind of put something out on Facebook, like, hey, looking for a job. And he saw it and he was like, hey, you know, I work at this reality TV casting agency. You would be great. It's it's a lot of what you do, especially because I love interviewing people. And he was mm-hmm. like, you're just not on camera. You know, if you think about it, you're talking to real people. You're getting to know them. 
A lot of it could be really in-depth. I cast this one show called Tough Love where there were times where I was interviewing women because these are women that they cannot find love and they all had a story. And we would sometimes talk for two hours and Mm -hmm. it would be cut down to like Mm. the best five minutes. And so a lot of it could be very Barbara Walters style stuff. Some of it was just fun and silly. Some of it was just your traditional where this was another case where like with the deal or no deal case models, it was so simple that they just needed to react appropriately to the number in the suitcase. But I could tell that when I gave them the instructions that they didn't listen. (laughs) They get so busy about, oh, how am I going to toss my hair here? Oh, my God, do I look okay? They don't listen to the simple instructions. And so if I I let them try twice, they messed it up. I was like, thank you so much for coming in. And I was like, okay, Stuart, note to self. Listen, because yeah. it's just a couple sentences, but it's it seems so easy, but it's not. And then I understood what they meant about casting directors, that we want actors to succeed. We want the person that comes in the room to be great. I was always rooting for them, and I'm like, God, I get it. They do root for us. So when I leave and I did a crappy job, it was on me. Yeah, mm. you know? yeah they're not saying they're looking for your imperfections. They're, they're not like, trying. I just want to cast this They thing. want you to be the one because then they did their job, yeah. and you, you make them look good. Mm-hmm. So that was really good to do, too. Yeah. But that kind of makes you feel bad on the other side of the audition if you don't get it. Yeah, well, but that's like, but that's they life. wanted me to succeed. Yeah, but that's that's life. But though. there's also sometimes it comes down to okay, well you did great, but you just didn't look mm-hmm. like you might make you get the call back. They always say you know I a could call react back, the right way to the right number, but I'm probably but not the look. You're in it. It's your hair's just slightly too short. There's only so yeah, much you can control. It's shorter. <laughs> and sometimes it'll be like you're the casting director's choice. One person is the advertising agency's yeah. choice. One person's the producer, and then it's like you never okay, know who, how that happens. Who, yeah, exactly. That's why if you get a call back, and if you get in a veil, that's a booking, really. I yeah. know you don't get the paycheck, but feel good about yourself. Yeah. I always do. When I get the veil, I'm like, I'm it's awesome. A huge, it's a huge deal. Yeah. yeah. And it's it gets too frustrating. But that's why I think social media is so great because, look, four or five years ago, I was doing major commercial campaigns. That was how I was making my living. I was hosting. And now... Those opportunities, like there's hardly any union mm-hmm. work for commercials. They're spending it all on social media. And I know because now I'm getting the benefit of that Yeah. in this new kind of – I'd say it's still a little bit like the Wild Wild West because social media, there are parts that you can't understand and then there are parts that it's still just like who knows what's going to change with the – Instagram algorithm. How's that going to affect everyone? And you know, it could just change like that. Constantly. They do, yeah. they do. And you notice like a couple of days in, you're like, well, that's not working the same. What happened? You know, I was just looking at like Google Plus. Do you guys remember old G Google Plus? <laughs> it's gone. They're completely shutting it down. Yeah. yeah. They put so much money into that. It used to be that you had to connect your YouTube through to your Google, Google Plus. Plus. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just done. Yeah. They were like, so I'm glad. I'm like, Go away. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. They sent me an email like, you have three months to download all your photos. I was like, do I even have photos on yeah. there? I don't even know. <laughs> Should I use that platform? Uh, I, I my, love – I'm just saying my AOL is not what it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, dial you. up, you know, these days is terrible. You've got – man. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things. A, the deal or no deal is such a great analogy for LA. Like everyone <clears throat> oh is so God. obsessed with how they look that they don't listen to the instructions or do simple work to create what they want. It's yep. all like – how do I look? Do I look good? And that's all they rely on, and that's a great thing for LA. But they're like, "Well, I didn't book the job, but I took a selfie that day, and it looked great." And it looked great, and you know, what? it was because I was too pretty. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, was too hot. I was not aspirational enough. Yeah, I got to do my motivations in the morning. Um, but then also, you're really 
you've been catching a lot of waves early. Is this like trying to? You're trying to, but you, you know, you just said it. You are making money now on your Stuart says website, and it's still the wild west. You're you're on the you're on the planes. You're out there riding the horses. Yes. There are certain things, you know, like now, and I'm glad that brands are getting smarter because unfortunately, there are a lot of fake influencers mm-hmm. that yeah. well, we can buy them. Had yeah. 500 followers, and the next day you're like a million. How did that happen? <laughs> and your photos have five likes. It's so weird. <laughs> I know. So at least now, I think brands are becoming smarter, and I kind of say, hey. You know, let's. I'm driving traffic. Give me a Bitly link. I can show you how much I've driven. Mm-hmm. It's there are ways to track the analytics, and a lot of times I think it is about just the brand recognition and seeing people. I try to say, instead of doing this like one-off where I'm posting one photo on my Instagram, I would rather create something where we have a more long-term relationship, so that my followers are going, "Oh, Stuart is doing this. You know, she mm-hmm. does use it." I don't ever share a brand that I don't really like. Mm. I know a lot of people will hawk anything, and that's them. I just, I, I don't know. Parts of me were just raised in like that good Southern values. I went to manners classes. And I'm like, <laughs> I've said no to a lot of things that weren't a good fit. I can't tell you how many brands have approached me, and they're like, "We will make you your own vape." What about a hookah <laughs> vape? And I'm like, I don't vape. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's been like six years, and I'm like, what? no. I said I... to my husband, I go, "Is there something about me that just says I vape?" And he's like, no. <laughs> I'm the same way. We Billy's horseshoes. I use them all the time. That's why they're our number one sponsor. There you go. The more you, yeah. We we don't really do sponsorships, but (laughs) once in a while. But it has to be a real organic. It has to be a brand that I believe in. Absolutely. So a lot of our, you know, I don't really use nipple cream, but I'm just saying, (laughs) like, it's got to be. I meet. See, I do use nipple cream. Yeah. So for you, it would be a better. It's a good fit, but not all nipple creams are good. Yeah, that's, that's true. But so I meet the um, owners and I try to get a sense for like who they are and why they started this company. And, what, and you really want to use the products for to them. You can't say a lot of times they want to send you something on Monday and want you to post about it the next day. I'm like, well, I'd like to use it for two weeks to make yeah. sure. To get to know it. And, yeah. yeah. Well, it comes through through your writing, too, because when people go to your StuartSays.com, um, they can read about it. And you write lengthy ones. Like I, I read try. about the stroller and I was like. She could tell you anything about this stroller, and it's you know people know when they're being lied to. They know yeah. when they're being advertised to. They can tell. I don't use Billy's horseshoes. <laughs> what? Like, but you could. Okay, which nipple butter do you like? I actually have a couple that I like, and then someone told me just use coconut oil, and now I just really like coconut oh, oil. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it. Do the babies have a preference? The babies, it's really, it's kind of like after you nurse, you use it. So they don't, they don't it, the first couple of weeks, you have to use it more. Now I'll use it like if I'm pumping uh-huh. because sometimes it just makes things a little more comfortable. Yeah. Babies just, they're just like, give me the sure milk. I'm not sure how we get on this topic. But <laughs> babies are. But I'm learning. Give them the milk. <laughs> and like it. But yeah, it's about making, you know, you have to control your brand deals in the sense you don't want to just be like this walking, talking, Instagramming, Snapchatting billboard. You, mm-hmm. Your people are going to be disinterested if it's just like, oh, she's making money. Oh, she's making money. So that's what's like really make it about your life. Mm-hmm. So like, Stuart says, is, when did you start it? So I started it four years ago. And it's kind of, I realized here I am writing for all of these other websites, right? And so When I'm interviewing for jobs and people want links, I'm like sending them to other people's platforms. And I'm like, I need to be driving traffic to my own platform. It was the same as like with my Twitter and my Instagram. So many times I was working for these news outlets and I'm always saying, you know, hi, I'm Stuart Brazel from blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we the one thing that I'm always going to be able to control is my brand's 
my work and I need to have a home for that. Mm-hmm. And my followers, I should really concentrate on that instead of trying to send them to whatever news show or whatever TV network I'm working for because then I can be hired anyway because I'm like, hi, this is me. This is what I do. I have this built-in audience. They're going to follow me, you know. So it just seemed beneficial for me to be able to continue working because I'm not waiting for someone to tell me I can work. Mm -hmm. But then when I take other jobs and I do work for another person, then they kind of get the benefits of having that. And I remember it was really funny. Like six years ago, I had a conversation with a girl that's an actress. And she was like, so you're really going to work on this social media thing? I said, yes, I think this is a good investment because I see this as making an investment in myself. And I think it's just going to make me more attractive to be hired. And I think it's going to be at a point where, say, it's down to you and two other people. That is going to be taken into consideration. She was like, no, no one's going to care about numbers. It's just going to be about talent. And it's like, no, let me tell you what happens when you audition now. Slate, how many followers do you have? That's It's right after your name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They all want to know. Yeah, because. And now she's trying, but she started way too late. It's like. That's the the thing Julia said earlier. You're ahead of the curve on this one. I mean, you were doing it really before influencer was a real word. Influencer. It wasn't a word. And just last year, it became okay to say you were one. Mm-hmm. Like before, it'd be like, what do you do? Oh, this, this, this. And I'm an influence. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it was, it was pe- kind of dirty. People not dirty, thought but... you were, it, like judged you. And now mm-hmm. everybody wants to be one. Mm-hmm. There are people that are posting, acting like they're getting paid when they're not. Mm-hmm. They're going to the events that influencers, bloggers, celebrities go to. They're taking the same photos. They're using all of the hashtags because they actually want people to think they're getting paid because they think it makes them look cool. Mm-hmm. So it's completely changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other people who aren't not, influencers. That want to be. Because before it'd be like, oh, I hate I have to use hashtag sponsor. Now it's like, no, that's... You want that's to? Cool. And I'm like, okay, make a shirt out of it. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor. Just I know. <laughs> we kind of add that to our growing adding line of to, shirts. <laughs> adding it to our merchandise. All right, it's like sponsor me, please. Yeah. <laughs> Time is flying by. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about motherhood. Yeah. With Stuart Brazel. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Doctor Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient needed, the supplement brand I trust created their brand new Omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, It has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Stuart Brazel. Let's talk about motherhood. 
Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how old is your uh, little one now? He's six and a half months. Whoa! So it's all still fresh and new. Mm-hmm. It is, but I kind of feel like I'm. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like the minute you're like, "Oh, I got this," I'm like, my husband and I were talking. We realized we haven't been on a date since, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, we're we don't have this as good as we thought." We <laughs> <laughs> Just when you think you've got it, you're like, yeah, "Oh, was, wait, that one little thing." My I relationship. Was like, so my goal right now is I have a text out to like three people that I've worked with for babysitting like when I have to leave and stuff and so we're going to try to do a Valentine's not on actual Valentine's but no. the <laughs> night before Ooh. so we're going to do a adults only dinner wow. it should be a big deal instead of like you eat and we're like shoveling food the other one has the baby <laughs> but yeah it's it's new and it's great but the minute I feel like I get one thing down the, the next thing comes and you're mm-hmm. like no it's just going to be like this for the rest of our lives <laughs> My wife is a therapist, and she tells people postpartum. I frequently hear her tell people date moments. Don't don't aim for date night right away yep. <laughs> because that's a big thing to chew. Go for date moment. Have a date hour. Have yeah. a date, you know, thirty minutes. It's so. more realistic. It's yeah. more realistic, and then it doesn't feel you know you get to stay bonded through those moments until you get more into a rhythm and you more have time. And then eventually you get date night, date weekend, and then you know. It could, it could almost be more passionate too. Like baby's asleep, we have one hour <laughs> to like you know go do it or go get coffee or like you know there's like that that passion of like it's now or never, babe. Yeah. I feel like that, that could life. be really fun. Carpe <laughs> diem, yeah. Except yeah. what's the or Latin version of the day of, of <laughs> minute? <laughs> Seize the minute. Carpe petite. Seize <laughs> the three and a half minutes. Yes. So, what um, motherhood? Were you ready? Were you did, did you say now's the time? It was funny. I was the least excited mom in the sense that I knew I wanted to be a mom, but my it was really funny. Like my general doctor, I went in and I was like, you know, my husband and I are going to start trying to have a baby. And he's like, how old are you? I was like, I'm 36. He was like, good luck. Oh, really? Oh, At 36? He, yeah. He was like, why'd you wait so long? And oh, I was wow. like, oh my gosh. How judgmental. I? Yeah. Well, he's kind of a Debbie Downer. And I've, mm. I've since like left him actually to, because when I moved, I was like, I need all, like, I want my general doctor closer. And I'm, I have it now at the same building as like my baby. But I was like, what a Debbie Downer. He's like, and you're on birth control. You've been on birth control. Cause I was saying I'm getting off, you know, he yeah. was asking what was going on. He's like, it's going to take you at least a year to get your hormones back. This could be a long time. And I called my husband. I was like, you know, doctor, not going to say his name, really made me feel bad. I was like, I, I was like, should we be worried? And my husband's like, no, I have super sperm. And I'm like, <laughs> sure, I was like, honey. I was like, you're so annoying. Of yeah. course, like that would be your response. The take. Yeah. <laughs> and so then I kind of wanted to call him because we ended up getting pregnant. I got off birth control. I had one period not on the pill and then got pregnant right after that. Super sperm. And, I wanted to, and of course, that's what Bob <laughs> says. He was like, I told you. <laughs> so I kind of well, wanted to call him and be like, hey, Dr. Downer, like, just so you know. Um, <laughs> Hold on, adding was... super sperm to our T-shirt collection. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's my band name. Yeah. And so I had that reaction where, for some reason, then I thought, okay, I have a year. And then you're going, okay, and I'm trying to plan and – then I was pregnant. I was like, whoa, no, this is so that means I'm going to have the baby. And it took me a little while to really process it. And I had no like none of my friends had had babies. Most really? of my friends are single. I mean, it's L.A., right? Yeah. Oh, Everyone right. is married. It's, You're so young. 
they're career women. And so mm-hmm. I had had one or right, I had like one or two friends that I had babies, but they weren't really close, like all my tight knit friends. But you're such a sharp, perceptive. You pick up things so quickly. But pregnancy no, it took w- a minute. Well, for you. I, it just took a minute for me to go. Oh. I'm really pregnant. I remember my mom was like, you are? <laughs> like, yes. You videotaped your yeah, call to she your was, mother. She's like, oh, my God. And she's like, how do you feel? And so my pregnancy was one of those things that I wasn't like, I have to get pregnant. And then it was this whole thing. And I was like desperate to get pregnant. So in a weird way, I kind of felt like it made me more chill because I was hmm. like, OK, this is happening. And <laughs> I hadn't read all the books. Wow. You know, I hadn't done all of this research and I wasn't. Figuring out when I was like, I had a little app on my phone and I put in my last period and it kind of alerted me. And my husband was in France and he came home and I was like, my phone says I'm ovulating. And he was like, all right. <laughs> so I had ended up like buying all the ovulation tests and never needing them because mm-hmm. like they arrived in Amazon like too late. Yeah. Like it was funny. <laughs> Wait, how did you find out you were pregnant? So it was November and I was just kind of going, you know, I feel like I should have got my period. And then I hadn't, and I was like, okay, if I don't get it tomorrow, and then I took a pregnancy test, and it kind of was this weird, like it said no, but it like faintly had a little action on the other thing, and I went <laughs> no, and then and then I go no? oh. No. <laughs> So I was like, okay. Of course, I go to good old-fashioned Google, and it says wait a couple days. So I waited a couple days, and then I took it again, and then there was no denying it. It It was was, super positive. It was super positive. Because it's weird. Sometimes as women, right, we spend our whole lives trying not to (laughs) get get pregnant. pregnant, Mm -hmm. Right? It's everything safe sex, birth control, you know, and then all of a sudden you're going, wait, I want to get pregnant? (laughs) It was just. It's a reversal. It's a whole lifelong. Yeah. And then it just was kind of, I'm going, oh, what is that? Oh, this is this. It was just kind of really experiencing something with completely fresh eyes and just, oh, I try not to overthink it. I try to just embrace it and enjoy the pregnancy. I ended up having like a lot of, and I know everyone's pregnancy is different and everybody has stuff, but it just... I had, like, interesting things happen. Like, all of a sudden, I started getting styes on my eye all the time. Hmm. I got one so apparently it's just my pregnancy, the hormones made me produce a lot of oil okay. in my eyes. And so I was getting these styes that were so bad that they were turning into cysts. And so I was having to get them cut open oh. and drained, but they wouldn't give me the... Anesthetics. Yep. And they didn't want to do the steroid shot like what they usually do. So they were like, well, we're going to cut it open. This is going to hurt. We're going to drain it. But because we can't give you what we want to give you, it could come back. And guess what? It just kept coming back. So it was just things that I'm going, people have it way worse. But that was really terrible. And you didn't even know it was really, really terrible. And that's just like one example of just like different health problems kept coming up. And it's just going, okay, there's something it's like it's a parent, you know, a baby is a parasite. <laughs> it's taking things and it's changing things. And I think it would be interesting if we have another child to experience pregnancy now knowing what I know, because he just seems like such an active baby, mm-hmm. like so active, moving all the time. And I'm like, maybe he wasn't moving all that much. Maybe I just wasn't used to having a little person inside of me. Or maybe he was. Like maybe he was very active. I don't know. I but think also, it, like you say, you didn't have friends going through it at the same time. So yeah. it's like you're 
walking through the cornfield before anybody else. Absolutely. <laughs> and there's a lot of interesting Facebook groups, you know, and you can kind of you see people chime in. I'm in one now or one. I mean, it'll it's so hilarious that there are these groups and this girl's like. My water broke. My contractions are starting. Should I go to the hospital? I'm like, you're taking the time to put this. <laughs> go Facebook. to the hospital. <laughs> you know, like. But I also like I I like because I I get tagged in these groups sometimes. If someone has back pain or something yeah. like that, they tag me, and then I look at some of the other posts in there, and and there'll be answers to a post just like that. My water broke. I'm having a, and they'll be all over the map. All over the map. It'll I be know. like, go to the hospital right now. Don't delay, or your baby's gonna die. Oh, and yeah. then, but they say stuff like that, and other people are. No, wait till it gets close to five one one. But it's like, where did all these medical experts come from? Well, that's and the thing. The call internet. your doctor. Call whoever it is that you're working with. Yeah, like, don't go on Facebook. There, not to talk about something really sad, but I was reading this article, and there was this kind of subgroup about women that feel that your baby should stay in as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you read this, mm-hmm. but the group ended up getting shut down because all of these women, her doctor was saying that she should be induced. And her and, midwife was saying as and well. Her mid- and everyone, the baby ended up dying. And all of these women just then, they were saying, don't, don't, wait, wait, wait. And then they go, oh, well, some babies are just die. Yeah. And it's So it's, re- it's no really hard. I, those those articles are really hard for me to read. In general, it's, they're just so sad when a baby goes. And the problem is they sometimes online they get really politicized. Uh-huh. And so it's really hard to know what really happened. Of course. With the family. And so so I hate to get judgmental on the family um, or the people that were around them. But but you do see that in the groups all the time. People who are, who are just like don't know this person, don't know their circumstances. They're just online people, and they're like, you do this. And where does that come from? You see, I know. It's scary. And and even if they've had an experience, it's like now the assumption is everybody else is going to have that same experience. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, um, should I drive to work or should I walk? Don't drive. I got into a car accident, and I almost died. So nobody should ever drive. And these are people you're never going to meet in real life. And who knows who's actually writing this? It could be anyone. (laughs) People could just be making stuff up. Creepy Uncle Al. That's the thing is you don't know what goes on online. So it's like with all social media, there's really great stuff and there's really really not so great stuff. Yeah, it's a scary little place sometimes. You have to realize they're people. Right. People take it because they're they're in a vulnerable situation and they're asking for help and it's like – then they just take whatever is given to them. You have to remember, these people are not medical experts. No. no. I also see people put rashes up there and <laughs> just everything. What's oh my, guys, what's oh my God, what is the this? photos, I know. Don't you have The like, one thing I really like that control? I did online was like the hypnobirthing meditations, which mm. I think really mm. helped, which I really like. Oh, Sometimes I laugh. meditator? I used to be a lot more. Now I'm like a hot 30-second meditation. I'm like, yeah. Date moments. Date moments. Right? <laughs> but so in some of it, I kind of laugh because there was one that like they want you to do it in the tub. And it was so great. But then it'd be like, your vagina is opening like a flower. And then I would just laugh. Cause there was, like <laughs> your baby's this. It's like this beautiful visualization. And then I'm like, and it's OK if I laugh. It's OK <laughs> if I think that's funny. You know, so I, I do felt like it kept me calm. And he's such a chill baby. I'm like, it was those hypnobirthing meditations. <laughs> we, we, we had the hypnobirthing meditation as well. I remember the first time my wife listened to it. It was about 20 minutes long. Yeah. And she's like, here, come do this with me. I'm like, okay. So we're lying and just relaxed. And the beginning was really cool. It was like, take these very good instructions on mm-hmm. how to breathe and let go, relax your jaw, feel the blood moving through your feet up into your leg. All of a sudden, and then this, she said the same thing. Now go deep inside and connect with your uterus. I'm like, 
I know. What am I supposed to do at this moment? You're like, I'm connecting with my wife's uterus. That's what, I, that's what it was. I was like, I'll connect with her uterus. But it was really challenging. And and she's and she's still holding my hand. We're just laying there holding hands. And, you know, now go deeper inside. And and I don't know. Maybe you just said this. Visualize a flower. And like, yeah. It was. I, I can take. Look, I like to find humor in things. So when they're like, I'm connected with my baby. Then all of a sudden it's like. Your vagina is a flower. Now your your baby is the sun pushing out of the. Fl- and then I was like, okay, <laughs> let's. Oh. But there were parts of it that it was funny. My husband couldn't believe it because when I was in labor, which was about twelve hours, um, oh, my, yeah, how did it start? So my wife was so funny. I was so big, like I did not show until probably the beginning of my third trimester, oh. and then all of a sudden. I just got massive. Like, mm. I just was retaining so much fluid. Like, it was crazy. Wow. My feet were the size of my body. Like, did I have no words. you pictures all the way through? I did. And I've, like, I actually have a lot of video that I want. Like, now I feel like I'm ready to edit some of the footage from, like, the hospital because Ooh. I really wasn't before. But, um... His due date, and I was like, ah, oh, he's going to be – because all the people that I had been talking to, their first babies were like, your first baby's going to be late. I was like, he can't be late. He's already measuring so big. I was like, I'm so miserable. This baby needs to come on time. So that weekend, I made like a video um, about doing everything you can to naturally induce. So I ate the salad. I got an induction massage. And three in the morning, just three hours past his due date, my water broke. And I felt like this sharp pain in my spine. And usually he kicks me if I rolled on my right. So I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to roll over. <laughs> but then it was something different. I'm like, oh, something's happening. I put my foot down. <laughs> and I took the class at Cedars where they're like, it's very rare for your water to break. It's not like in the movies. It's not like Katherine Heigl and knocked up. I put my feet down and gushed. And oh, I was really? like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, honey. He's like, oh, did your water break? <laughs> then I went and sat down on the toilet. The whole mucus plug fell out. Oh, wow. They were like, you might get a little bit of mucus. But the whole thing fell out into my hand. Oh. My husband and said, I'm like, look. I'm like, call, call doctor. You know, call my OBGYN. <laughs> Instead, he just starts taking pictures. He's like, I got to take this photo. He's texting my mom, and he's like, look, Robin, Stuart's whole mucus plug is in her hand. I was like, oh, my God. Super mucus. <laughs> yeah, super plug. <laughs> so then I was like, okay, I got to get in the shower. We got to get to the hospital. And um, it was kind of, I was like, I just hope this doesn't happen at 3 in the morning where I, that I'm not going to get to eat, and I didn't sleep, and it was, you Did know. Did you ever do that? I didn't. Oh, but my do doctor, Dr. Badaria, is amazing. She just has the best energy. And I know a lot of women who they were talking about how, you know, they're with their nurses and then the doctor's on the golf course and he comes in at the last minute and catches the baby. Dr. Madara was with me for she hours and hours. People, yeah. She was there with me and she was just so she was just a lovely woman. And we I'd enjoyed like our whole time together. And she's just like my husband. Can Did you ask, picture the flower? I <laughs> What I did is I ended up, you know, so because my water broke, it was one of those where like, okay, the baby has to come in 12 hours because there's a risk of oh, infection. And that's yeah. how they like to do things at Cedars. So I got put on Pitocin. So those contractions just started like a minute out. And at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to see how I feel. And then the anesthesiologist comes in and he was like, okay, are you going to get the epidural? Because you're going to miss the window. Mm. And then I have all of these women going, whatever it is, if you miss the epidural window, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) And I had it just really light so that I could still feel the pushing. But I got him all the way down in the first couple of pushes. My child's head is in the 98th percentile. 
Oh, no. And he was just stuck there for hours. Oh. So I, I had my, I had spa music playing. I didn't scream. I was just deep breaths. It was like a very long meditation. The whole thing, I would only talk when I would ask my husband for ice. And because he was supposed to hold my leg and said he was taking photos when I told him not to take photos of the vagina, I said, keep the it flower. above. I don't want the flower pictures. <laughs> and he was texting everyone. I was like, you need to hold my leg up here. <laughs> And I was like, we talked about this. I was like, I need you present in this room. Next time, I think I would want, because he just got overstimulated. Mm. But he was he was so joyful. Mm. But he needed to just be taking the photos, because he was going to do it no matter what. So mm-hmm. trying to help me and take the photos did not work out. Mm-hmm. But it just got to the point where I'd been pushing and pushing and pushing, and then the umbilical cord got wrapped around the neck. Ooh. And then all of a sudden it went from this like, no one is just, you know, Dr. Bedaria, a nurse, and my husband. It felt like 100 people running in the room. <laughs> right? And you're like, where is everyone coming from? And my from pushing so hard, I felt like my head had like exploded. Mm. Like it just felt like it had popped off. It was so crazy. So then they're like, all right, we're sorry. We have to cut you. This baby's got to come out. So it turned into what I was hoping was going to be. Because, you know, when you get him all the way down and she's like, I can see his hair. And I'm like, that was hours ago. I know. I know. They do. They say it like it's, yeah, you're like, making really good progress. Yeah, she's like, do you like, want to touch his head? And I'm like, no, I want to <laughs> touch the whole body. <laughs> right. And then 40 minutes later, you're doing so good. It's almost like, there. But, you're ma- but it's got this much to go. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What's happening? So then it was just one of those things where, of course, you want to hold the baby and they put him down for like a second. Well, but then they had to you take it. Episiotomy. You know episiotomy. And then he had to be vacuumed out, mm. which so isn't that, fun for him either. No, but yeah. at least he's not dusty. Yeah. <laughs> so he was that. very clean. He was very clean with a nice little cone head. Yeah. <laughs> you put a hat on. So. It was one of those things that I was hoping to avoid. I'm blessed that it then didn't go through all of that to then have an emergency C-section because sure. I've talked to women that have labored and labored and then had that happen. How I big think was he? He was eight pounds, eight ounces. Oh, that's healthy. He was a healthy baby. Yeah. He was a big boy and just... And you're not a big woman. <laughs> I'm not. No. no. <laughs> you are very petite. I don't, well, at that moment, I just felt like um, the Willy Wonka and the Charlotte Factory. Who was it that turns into the blueberry? Violet. I was Violet. Like yeah. that's Yeah. But it was, it was one of those things where you picture what it's going to be like. And I've learned that so much through my career and through my life that you have to let go and trust in the process because there's only so much you can control. I could do everything. I exercised during my pregnancy. I did visualizations. I did meditations. The day I went into labor, I was still doing exercises that were good for that point. I had been practicing how to push and watching this whole YouTube video exercise program on how to practice. Like, I had done everything. Mm. <laughs> then you just have to Yeah, it's like planning it a wedding. You just you do yeah. all your planning and then yeah, go with the flow. Yeah, you have to enjoy it. So. It was, I also kind of wondered, I'm like, am I going to have that mama instinct? Because mm-hmm. I just, just, I don't know. I hope it kicks in. But the minute they put the baby on your chest, you're like, don't touch. I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my baby. Aww. Don't even. Yeah. Yeah. You said that. So it was they, such a wonderful thing because it, it came. I was worried that I wasn't going to be a good mom. And I think a lot of women worry about that. You're like, am I going to be, am I worthy of this child, this blessing? And my mom even said, she's like, when I took him home to South Carolina to meet my parents, they're both ill and haven't been able to travel. So I, they didn't meet him till he was four months old. And she was like, 
you're a really good mom. I was like, really? And I started <laughs> crying because I was like, I am. She's like, you're so good with him. I was like, thanks, mom. <laughs> it was Aww. so sweet. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, it was nice. Was, um, was breastfeeding easy for you or challenging? Breastfeeding is a beast. Like, and I've had a good experience. Like once you get past that first month and you get through any latching issues and just the tenderness, it's, we were talking on the phone earlier mm-hmm. and I was saying so many women, they just get caught up in the birth. You have to really under, I was like thinking, oh, breastfeeding. Sure. It can't be that hard. I had no idea the hours and hours I will be 70 years old and I will hear a breast pump. <laughs> still going because even when you get your baby sleeping I had no idea oh but I still have to pump overnight mm. because the milk will go if you aren't telling your body it has to keep making mm. it I went to a breastfeeding support group and just hearing these women's stories it's so heavy it's such a beautiful experience but the emotional aspect of it just the physical the demands I had no idea mm. and I don't think a lot of women do Mm-mm. I would suggest to my um, pregnant friends that want to breastfeed, I'm going to tell them to go to a breastfeeding support group before because I think they really should. I Mm -hmm. think it would benefit so that you (laughs) need to understand the task and what it really takes. We used to have a festival every year that I I produced called Booby Palooza. It was a breastfeeding awareness family festival. That name has a little ring to it, Booby Palooza. Yeah, some of the sponsors don't like it. Especially because if you didn't put the dash in booby-palooza.com, you got a whole education of a different sort. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, we don't do it anymore. But one of the coolest features of it was we had all these women who were successfully breastfeeding Mm -hmm. and all these pregnant women who wanted to breastfeed. And we'd pair them up so they'd just have somebody to reach out to, like a little coach and and just the kind of village people that used to be there for you. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it's it's financially – Someone's like, well, who's your lactation consultant? It's like not everyone can afford to have your like, you know, all mm-hmm. of these people. The baby nurse, the nanny, the mm-hmm. chef. The, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. It's but that's lot. what I'm saying. That all used to be just built in. Mm-hmm. No, we I know. With our families and we had our parents and our sister-in-laws and our brother-in-laws and our aunts and our uncles and our. It's so. They were just there and just people in the village would help you and do helps. things for you. We don't all have All of our families are on the East Coast. It was just <laughs> us. And we're yeah. going, yeah. God, you, you know, this is. everything. 100%. And that gets really expensive. Costly, yeah. 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 It, i got to yeah. sell a lot of Billy's horseshoes. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for that stuff. Seriously. But it is. I just I, – I'm so blessed and I've, I've loved this experience so much and I love being a mom. And I think it would be really fun to do another pregnancy just having known everything because I feel like at first I was just – kind of enjoying it with almost like a child, like, like oh, what is this? What ha- oh, that's this. And then now you would know, and it's a different kind of experience and a different yeah. kind of way to to be excited and enjoy it. I think it would be so – because I didn't get to – I didn't know you while you were pregnant. Yeah. I think it would be so fun to work with you while you are pregnant. I know. Because I do. I see you're like so, – you take everything in and process really mm-hmm. quickly, and you just make these observations, and you're funny, and you're energetic, and – it would just be really fun to be around you and have your perspective on pregnancy. I'm like, what's going on? I know. I while know. you're going through it. Yeah. I think it would be fun. My husband and I are like, okay, we're going to see when he's one. But now my husband yesterday, he was like, well, I've been doing research and they say, you know, you can give a lot of love to one child. And I'm going, what's going on with you? You were so itching to have a second one. He's like, he's just so – our baby's Asher. He's like, but he's such a good baby. He's like, the second one, I just know it's going to be, you know, the, the <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
because he is he's this smiley happy baby he sleeps and I think right now my husband's obsessed because he just goes dad 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 but I was trying to explain to him I go sweetie he doesn't know that you're the, he's just playing with his no, voice he speaks like, Russian but you, but you can have it I know but he's playing with his voice and it's just like the cutest thing that's adorable it's every stage my oldest is 14 my youngest is 8 at this moment and every stage has been so hard and so rewarding at yeah. the same time And it's just such a great perspective shift and especially a lot of people that live in Los Angeles, we're so driven, right? We're so Mm -hmm. career driven and especially Mm -hmm. if you move here to work in the entertainment industry. And this is the first year where I haven't done the award circuit as an entertainment reporter and I realized I'm like, no one really cares anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the what movie is best picture. That used to be what was so important to me. I remember that as a kid. Right. the parents would be into it. But it's not. People yeah. aren't into it like they no. used to be. And I'm going, it's not that big of a deal. It's, yeah. At the end of the day, we're not saving lives. You mm-hmm. know, hopefully we inspire, we educate, we entertain, but we're not saving lives. That's how I've always felt on a shoot when you have like yeah. an audio guy that like a microphone goes out and he has a breakdown and he's kicking things. And I'm like, look, you're no one's on the operating table. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's good because we can – L.A. is a bubble. and We get so into mm-hmm. stuff. And it's good to just step away from something and realize it was like the SAG Awards were on. And someone was like, did you see who won? I'm like, is that tonight? Mm-hmm. Before I'd be like, I have to be live on the red carpet in my gown. Aww. you know. And it's just really yeah, nice. Things change. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Well, and you changed with them just at the right time. Absolutely. Uh, well, I learned a lot. Yay. <laughs> I always do when I'm around you. So uh, where do we find you online? StewartSays.com. StewartSays.com. And then very active on Instagram, which is my name, at Stuart Brazel, which is fun. DM me. Slide into my DMs in a non-bad <laughs> way, <laughs> in a mom-friendly way. <laughs> next time we have – will you come back? Absolutely. Okay, because next time we want to hear the story behind the name Stuart. Yes. Mm. Uh, Juliet, thanks for joining me again. Thank you so much. And uh, soon it'll be hard to ever do these without you. Well, good. <laughs> and at home, thanks for listening. If you have topic ideas, send them to us at info at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole